This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Thanks for being with us this morning on a Saturday morning. Well, there is going to be a meeting in Vancouver next week, and this is a meeting that will focus on North Korea, and it involves Can- Can- uh, Canada, sorry, Canadians and uh, their Korean War allies. And joining us to talk a bit more about this is Tina Park, co-founder and executive director of the Canadian Centre for the Responsibility to, pr- to Protect, based in the Monk School of Global Affairs. Tina, thank you so much for being with us this morning. My pleasure. Uh, talk a little bit, if you can, or what is the, the purpose or the focus of this meeting that's going to be held in Vancouver? Well, this is a high-level uh, meeting of uh, foreign ministers from countries that had sent their troops to the Korean War when the war broke out in 1950. And Canada is co-hosting the meeting with the United States to uh, show a collective resolve about the threat that North Korea is posing to the international community. And it is significant in the sense that the countries that uh, sent young uh, men and women to uh, sacrifice their lives for uh, South Korea's uh, freedom uh, find it necessary to get together uh, to maintain uh, peace and stability on the Korean Peninsula and to find diplomatic solution towards the threat that is uh, very serious and threatening our ways of life in North America as well. And so at the end of these meetings that are being held, what do you think would be produced? Uh, it's difficult to say uh, exactly what would be produced. Uh, I would expect that uh, there would be a, an agreement of some sort about uh, the nature of North Korean threat and uh, collective uh, position that these countries would express in terms of how best to go forward because we've heard so much about uh, advancements in North Korea's uh, military capabilities, whether it is intercontinental ballistic missiles or uh, their nuclear capabilities. And to this day, uh, we have to acknowledge that the international community has not been so successful in finding a coherent policy in dealing with North Korea. And we've come to a point where we can no longer ignore the threat and we must find uh, diplomatic ways of resolving the issue. And I think this is a positive step forward in tandem with the inter-Korean dialogue that we just saw a few days ago. And how much do you think will it play into it, the fact that uh, there are there will be U.S. representatives at the table, uh, the ongoing Twitter wars between uh, North Korea and the president of the United States, and that uh, very uh, loud, I suppose, or very public uh, fight that's uh, been going on? Well, it is true, you know, that North Korean um, responses uh, towards uh, President Trump's um, Twitter messages uh, have not really helped us in terms of finding a peaceful solution uh, or even uh, taming North Korea's nuclear ambitions. What we've seen is a very vicious cycle of uh, bellicose rhetoric and condemnations and really bluffing that really uh, hasn't gotten us very far uh, in terms of containing North Korea. So uh, what we really need is for the United States to find the coherent policy in dealing with uh, North Korea, and I think this is uh, uh, kind of an issue that no one country could deal with, because often we hear the United States asking for China's help and also condemning Russia, Uh, but at the end of the day, the North Korean threat is something that the international community must collectively approach. So beyond the six-party talks and beyond the meeting of uh, foreign ministers that we will see in Vancouver shortly, I think uh, there needs to be a broader dialogue, including, you know, the UN, the NATO, 
uh, in the EU and other actors who have a vested interest in peace and stability on the Korean Peninsula. Uh, you mentioned China. Is there a concern that China, not being invited to these talks, uh, will be angry or angered by them? No, I think um, it was actually expected that China may not participate in the Vancouver meeting uh, because China uh, has a very long history of alliance with uh, North Korea. And even though there's been recent um, phase of uh, discontent because of North Korea's in, you know, interest in developing nuclear capabilities, the fact of the matter is the relationship between Beijing and Pyongyang dates back many decades, and it's a very solid alliance built on uh, ideological foundation and uh, one that sees a significant flow of trade as well as uh, joint um, intelligence sharing and regular communication. So uh, China will continue to support North Korea because they fear a uh, potential collapse of the regime in Pyongyang. And uh, they do have a very significant trading relationship with North Korea because over 90% of North Korea's official trade goes through China. So it was almost expected that China may not participate. But I think this is still fine in the sense that the rest of the country should still get together to find some form of a coherent long-term policy to engage with North Korea and to show that uh, there is a pressing need to have a collective position for how best to move forward. And do you think that we'll be moving forward or one of the discussions at the meeting will, will focus on naval action against North Korea? It is possible. Naval blockade is one of the options that were considered earlier, but I think we also have to uh, not exaggerate the significance of one meeting. Uh, this is just one of many meetings I think that would be necessary to find true reconciliation on the Korean Peninsula. And it is a positive sign that South Korea will be uh, part of the dialogue. But at the end of the day, the Korean people also must work towards finding a long-term solution because the Korean War only ended in a stalemate. So some of the root causes of North Korea's insecurities stem from the fact that there is a continued presence of the United States in South Korea and that there are regular joint military exercises between the United States and South Korea. So, yes, it is important for us to have a diplomatic uh, approach and have a collective uh, agreement on how to deal with North Korea. But at the end of the day, I think in tandem with the military options, there has to be uh, continued effort to deal with North Korea's ideological and economic issues. And that is something that South Korea needs to be actively engaged with. And when we talk about China, though, and as you mentioned, China is a very close trading partner and ally with North Korea. Uh, what Would it make sense then or would it make more sense to have China and even Russia involved in these in this meeting in Vancouver? I think moving forward, uh, it is only expected that finding a long-term solution for uh, peace and stability on the Korean Peninsula will involve neighboring countries like China, Japan, Russia, along with the uh, South Korean counterparts. Uh, but I think it is significant that Canada is taking uh, leadership uh, in convening uh, or helping to convene this meeting uh, because so far uh, we've had such an ad hoc approach in dealing with North Korea, and it was unclear exactly where different countries stood uh, with North Korea's provocations. So, yes, I think um, the ultimate objective of at least the South Korean government is to continue the inter-Korean dialogues and potentially convene a six-party talks that would include Russia and China to uh, 
work towards uh, denuclearization and finding a long-term approach for North Korea's nuclear ambitions. But the first step is to, I think, continue to give um, diplomatic options available because uh, lately we've heard so much about uh, potential surgical military engagements or, you know, possibilities of war on the Korean Peninsula. And if you look at the geography of the Korean Peninsula, which is right at the center of Northeast Asia, any form of military contact or provocations would be deadly. And I think uh, the fact that we're working towards diplomatic solution is a good thing. All right. So we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens uh, in this meeting. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate, uh, Tina, you coming on the program and uh, sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. That is Tina Park, co-founder and executive director of the Canadian Centre for the Responsibility to Protect, based at the Monk School of Global Affairs. We are going to take a short break. When we come back, Mike Agrabo brings us the gadgets, the inventions, the highlights from the Consumer Electronics Show. We will chat with Mike when we return, right here on CKNW. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.